We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9am. Seriously guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it, and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making this part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this Sunday, October 30th, Halloween, right around the corner. It was fun last year, Halloween and the NFL all day on a Sunday, but um, Jimmy, Gage, <sighs> like, hey, this is the sigh. That got me. I, 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 I don't know what to say anymore about this team. Like, okay. Three-game losing streak. Yes, the season's not over, but it feels like it's over because it really feels like... So, Sunday night tonight in Buffalo, where Green Bay has not won. Green Bay is 0-6 in Buffalo, which is just an awesome stat. You, you love to see that. Um, and it really feels like the season's over because... It feels like they're just going to get run over. Like, 
a parked car on the tracks and a speeding train coming at it. Like that's what this feels like right now. And if you lose, you go to three and five. And I mean, I guess, yes, the NFC as a whole right now is not great. I think green Bay, either they're a game out of, or they are like, if the season ended today, they'd be like the seventh seed, which I mean, if you ask me, that's a whole different conversation. There shouldn't be one, but, um, what do we make of this game? Cause I mean, Jimmy, the bills are many people consider them to be the best team in the league. I personally, for my money, if I had to bet on a team right now, it's, it's gotta be either them or the chiefs or the Eagles. Like it's, it's one of those three teams. And unfortunately for green Bay, uh, they play the bills and they play the Eagles later this year. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, but I mean, it three games um they they've just looked bad like i don't even know like it they have been so bad like it's it, it feels like we're watching and i i'm sure i'm not the first person to say this and i'm sure many people have thought about this jimmy but this really feels like the team in 2018 in mccarthy's last year like everything looks incredibly difficult and i don't know who's to blame and I hated Mike McCarthy for it. I don't understand how Aaron Jones does not get the football. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think anyone does. Like, like just... it, it blows my mind. Cause like what, this is where like, you paid him all this money to like, yeah. not do anything. I... Like, I don't, so th- there's so many things going on and the most, I-, I think for me, the most frustrating part right now is, is that like, there's all these things going on with the offense that looks like absolute garbage. And because of the way the NFL works, we'll never know if it's Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur, who's the problem. Like, like just one day, one of them is just not going to be there. We're going to wake up and one of them's not going to be there. And we'll just all assume that that was the problem. And, but uh, Jimmy, I mean, my expectations for the game are very low. Is that, is that fair at this point with what we've seen from this team? Yeah, absolutely. I think with our, our defense has been playing well. And I think we match up our pass coverage, especially on third down. It's been set on multiple podcasts. Now we're the best in the NFL on third down passing situations. So, like, we match up well with the team that really wants to throw the ball, not really into the run game unless it's Josh Allen, which running quarterbacks, you know, still gives me PTSD. Um, I – no, it's definitely fair to say to say to think you don't have hope in this, honestly, team right now and game. Uh, the Bills are an incredible football team. They're great on offense. They're great on defense. They held the Chiefs to 20 points their last game. Like, and our offense that – can't really even have be functional against the giants against the jets albeit they have a good defense against the commanders like i don't know it's definitely understandable not to have hope but we haven't won in buffalo but aaron Rodgers also does play really well in prime time he's the opposite of prime time kirk cousins so there's a glimmer of hope there uh but with an offense that's sputtering i don't see how we're going to put up many points against a defense that uh is extremely well coached 
play really hard. I'm bummed Micah Hyde's not there just because even though he's not a Packer anymore, I love Micah Hyde. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think most people don't have high hopes for this game. And if they say they do, they're full of crap. Yeah, well, that that gauge brings us to a conversation you and I were having uh, before the show. And just as far as where the hopes of many Packer fans, well, I don't know about many Packer fans, but I was telling you, Gage, I was listening to a lot of Packers uh, local radio here, uh, sports radio, and we're now at the point where people are saying, oh, well, you know, I think Green Bay can cover the spread, which is like 10 and a half points, which again, at the end of the day, though, Gage, if Green Bay loses and covers the spread, like is anybody, does anybody wake up Monday morning happier because they covered the spread? Only if they bet on them. Yeah. Also real quick. So to recap a couple of things. So we were talking like just to go over a couple of points that we've already hit so far. So if the season ended today, I was curious because I, so I wanted to check. So Philly would be one. They're undefeated. They, they're, they would be one. Uh, then you have the other representatives. You'd have Vikings would be two Seattle three. And then technically Atlanta would be four. They're three and four right now. Um, I think maybe like if it, let's say Atlanta loses this week, then Tampa Bay would be four because they win the tiebreaker. Then you have the Giants and Cowboys get your five and six seats. Then you have a slew of teams tied at three and four. I'm not sure how all the tiebreakers work. However, one of the tiebreakers, one of those teams that is three and four is Washington, which holds a head to head over Green Bay. And like I said, I don't know how the, all the other tiebreakers work because there's also the 49ers at three and four. Uh, the Rams are three and three. Um, and then I don't know how the, the Falcons bucks tiebreaking thing would work. There is a world where the season ends today. I don't know how the tiebreakers work that green Bay isn't in the, isn't in the playoffs. Another thing. So you, Jimmy, you pointed out the green Bay is very good on third down. Absolutely. 100%. In fact, you just don't they, get there. But to, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. <laughs> getting ahead of me. Damn it. Green Bay is third in the NFL in third down percentage allowed at uh, 30%. Uh, Ahead of them are Tennessee and Washington, actually. Uh, And I think that Washington is boosted up a lot by the fact that they allowed a 0% conversion rate last week. That's right. Green Bay converted no third downs for the first time since 1999. It was talked about 34 times on the the uh, game last week. Green Bay, how many times does Green Bay face third downs a game? Like, again, like that their defense is on the field. Like, where do they rank? What do you think? Bottom five. Last. Nick was closest. They are 31st in the number of third downs they play against per game. So, yeah, they're great against on third down. They never get there. They never get there. And the only time they do is like a drop pass or a sack or a penalty. This this team frustrates the ever-living hell out of me. I said before we started, I was rooting against them in the fourth quarter last week. That is where my Packer fandom had taken me. I was in such a dark spot. I had no desire to watch them win. As Rodgers is driving down, not for the last drive of the game, but for the drive where Aaron Jones caught a touchdown, I was actively angry when Aaron Jones scored. Not because not at Aaron Jones. He didn't do anything wrong. I wanted nothing to do with watching Rodgers win that game because Rodgers was frustrating me for the fourth, fifth, seventh week in a row. And I just I didn't enjoy. It. He, he was not playing enjoyable football, and he hasn't for most of the year. He He'll had play his best in, game though. So what are you talking about? Yeah, Tom. Whatever. Go to retirement, dude. <laughs> I I'm, I I don't know how you watched that game and said that was his best game. I mean, maybe technically it was his best game, but then again, 
I don't care about that one. I care about everything you've done to this point because you guys are still three and four. Cool. You had your best game and lost. Congrats. Great. You're the highest paid player in football this year. We talked about this beforehand. Green Bay fans should be possibly the most disappointed fans in the NFL. The only other team that has a, has a case is Denver. And you know what? Russ is pretty damn corny, so I get it. <laughs> but at least Russ is, like, kind of funny. Like, or at least you can make fun of him. You can't really do that with Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers is just weird. But um, to finally get to this game, Buffalo is pretty good on defense. They've been pretty good. Uh, in fact, they've been number one, uh, number one by DVOA on defense this year. Not two, not three, not four, one. Uh, they are fourth in pass and first in rush. Meanwhile, Green Bay comes in at a healthy uh, 25th overall, 31st against the run, 11th against the pass. So Solid. then the question I'm is, obviously, yeah, none of us have high hopes for this game. No, but I, before you got on, before you got on for a pre-show, I told Nick, I have no desire to watch the game. I'm going to, going to hate it the entire time. But I have no desire yeah. to watch this team because they have, over the last, honestly, the whole year, outside of a drive here and there, they haven't given me a reason to have any confidence in them. And I know that every Packer fan listening that's just, they bleed green and gold, and I'm not a true fan because I'm not from Green Bay. I don't really care, okay? I'm talking to you purely objectively. What has this team done over the course of the season for more than a, drop, more than a quarter at a, or a half at a time to have you think, yep, they have a chance. I don't think they do. Meanwhile, Buffalo has been a buzzsaw. The only thing that has held them up has been a couple of drop passes and some goofy stuff. Josh Allen has looked like a freak and do- doesn't look stoppable. Yeah. So then what? So in the off chance we win, let's say we're all totally wrong. It's a Christmas miracle. We win this game. What has to go right for us to get there? Two things. Joe Barry gets fired before tomorrow or before tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm sorry. Give me something realistic. Okay. okay. Well, okay. A realistic thing. Joe Barry plays man defense and just tries to plays man. You play man defense. You have Quay Walker spy Josh Allen. That's, that's his entire job. You just say, Hey, Quay, wherever Josh Allen's at, you're following him. That's it. You don't, he's never, he's never in coverage. He's never blitzing. He's never doing anything. He is running sideline to sideline with Josh Allen the entire game. That is his job. His job, that is nothing else. And if you give him anything else, Joe Barry gets left in Buffalo. There's a lot of people that should be left in Buffalo, quite honestly, That's probably fair. after this game. And by the way, if it did drive back, you know, if, uh, you know, something we haven't really mentioned at all uh, that makes this game just this much better for Green Bay. While Green Bay is coming off a just a disappointing loss to probably the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. Um Anybody know what Buffalo did last weekend? Oh, right. They sat at home and got healthy for this. I was game. like, they had so, a bye, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. So they sat at home and got healthy for this game. You know um, how long it is until Green Bay has their bye? Like another 14 weeks. December. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the last or like the last bye week. I think they are the last bye week. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. But at least you guys went and flew to, flew to England and then lost and then could have had your bye week and then said, Nah, we're chilling, and then lost two straight out of the uh, on your way back. Nice, but no. So you have Quay Walker spy the entire game, and I know most people are going to be like, "That's not the best use of Quay." That is. Josh Allen is one of the most efficient players in the NFL. On Josh Allen designed runs, not or like Josh Allen scrambles. He averages a point per play by EPA. 
So that means every seven times he scrambles, that is the, the equivalent of a touchdown. Obviously, people are going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. It's the idea of it. It's his scrambles are so efficient and generate so much positive for the offense. That's how good he is. So you need to stop him from running, and then you just play man-up defense. You, you, you go play press, man-coverage defense, and say, I think my guys can be better than your guys. Because I think Jair versus Stephon Diggs, I think that's a legit matchup. Both sides, I think that both guys are going to get their wins throughout the game. Stokes versus Gabe Davis, I think Stokes can win that. I think that Gabe Dave can definitely turn up and make some big plays happen, but I think Stokes can win that. And then after that, their third receiver falls off. It's like it's like Isaiah McKenzie or Isaiah Shakur or someone like that. And then on offense, they figure something out. Mm-hmm. They've not done, and, and I have no confidence in that. Like I don't know what the hell they have to do. I mean, the only time in the first half they've looked really good on offense was the first two, the first three drives against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. They've not otherwise. I've not seen anything in the first half of a game that would make me think they can do something. And then last week, late against Washington, Washington was playing off. That that's why you were getting yardage. They weren't doing anything. They they were letting you have stuff. And then you're gonna go on the Pat McAfee show and then say, oh, they weren't doing anything to us all week. That's why we're they didn't do anything special. We beat by, ourselves. By the way, did I see correctly too that they didn't blitz Aaron Rodgers at all last weekend? So yep. no blitzes, mm-hmm. and they looked that bad in the passing game. Correct. Jordan Love, who was assaulted last year in Kansas City with blitzes on every down looked better. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, all right. So I, mean, I just, I don't know. I it's it sucks. Like I don't know. Like we all said, we don't have hope much hope for this game. Buffalo's a better team. Maybe something can happen. The whole any given Sunday saying that will probably not apply. But <laughs> looking at the, the injury report a little bit before we just complain, I'm more or less stopping myself because I can keep going and I don't want to. I was gonna, <laughs> I, Thank you for pivoting, Jimmy, because that was actually where I was going next. So take yeah, it away. You may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9 a.m. meeting? It isn't beer. It's Liquid Death. So why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with three grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime, and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So looking at the injury report, we have, I think for me, the biggest question mark besides David Bakhtiari, because that's, I just, and if he's on the field, great. If not at this point, who really knows? Uh, looking at Sammy Watkins, do you, he was limited the last three days. Do you think he plays on Sunday? I think he's going to have to. He has no injury designation, so I say yes, unless he aggravates oh, he in pregame. Yeah, he doesn't have an injury designation anymore. Christian oh, okay. Watson is questionable for the game, but I mean, I, you're that's at the what po- I meant. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're at the point where I mean, Alan Lazard's not playing. He's already been ruled out. Yeah. And I, I mean, so you're going with I mean, your receivers for the game are Sammy Watkins, uh, not fully healthy Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Toure, Toure, and Amari no. Rogers. Like, who? Who? Amari hasn't looked. I we have to give him some credit. He has not looked that bad on offense. Punter You're turn, damn right. Get him out of you there. You are damn right. I, I'm with you all the way, Jimmy. I'm like, I'm gonna let you go. But he. It's crazy when you let a wide receiver play wide receiver instead of trying to make him punt returner all day. Huh? Wild. Wild. Well, I get I, that he returned some punts in college, but he was a wide receiver. That is what he did. The way that he you, did You spent a draft pick on him to play wide receiver, right? No, you spent a draft pick on him to let Aaron Rodgers be mad at him all day long. It is the most annoying nonsense. I don't know what happens in practice. Obviously, I'm not there. I I have to assume that that is the issue. I have to assume it's a practice thing. But all I know is when Amari Rodgers has been out there, he's made a couple of plays. There was the there was the play uh that he dropped the touchdown. That was a tough catch. That was a tough ball. I think like if Rodgers throws that with a little more loft instead of throwing it cuz he cuz Rodgers threw that really flat. It was he tried to rope it out there. If he puts a little more loft under it, Rodgers can Amari can run under that and that's a touchdown. But that was a bad throw by Rodgers. But nope, it's going to go in the book as an Amari Rodgers drop, I'm sure, because that's the way it's scored. Because we got to make sure that 12 is happy, however the book is. Do you think I saw this on Twitter and I really want this to be true when they asked him about Amari Rodgers and he said he just returned, he's returning for us now. That's all I have to say. Do you think that was out of frustration because he wanted him to be doing more, but he just wasn't? Or, no. oh, I wish that was no, true. I think I think Aaron actively doesn't like Amari Rodgers. But then why and throw him? Because Rodgers is known for if he doesn't like you or trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. Because there's nobody else. Like that's fair. That's because that's one of those where if he doesn't throw that ball to Amari Rodgers, who was open, 
It's, hey, Aaron, we know you saw that guy. The primary read on the play is to set this guy up for the shot play. Yeah. Why would you not throw it to him? Yeah, but so he's, that's been doing why he's, that a, he's been doing that a lot lately where he's just – he's either not seen receivers running open or, like, he just isn't throwing them the ball. There was a couple of times last week where Romeo Dobbs was running wide open and just doesn't even look his way. Well, one of the issues with Dobbs is, like, uh, Dusty Evely or Evely, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but Dusty, who's on the Pack-A-Day podcast, did a, lot, did a lot of this, like, throughout the week, and – if you guys don't follow him for some unknown reason, I don't know why you do. You absolutely need to. Dusty is doing a lot of great stuff, even if he's not like just like he's writing articles, but he's also just putting out great film breakdown stuff, which for someone that's dumb like me, I love getting to watch him do it because he does it really has a high level understanding of how the offense works. And like on the Romeo Dobbs play that has been hashed over many times where Dobbs is running and Dobbs breaks left instead of breaking right. And that's what Rogers throws the ball right. Dobbs tries to break back to it. Obviously, he doesn't catch it because there was a miscommunication on that play. That was Dobbs didn't run to the right spot or he didn't run to the same spot that Rodgers was expecting because Rodgers is thinking, or I think Dobbs might have been running the route. Yeah. But he didn't go Rogers, to the open field. Rodgers wanted him to run to a spot. And it's the, it's like, it's, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Like when I was in high school marching band, our director always told us, don't, don't worry about being in your spot, focus on being in the formation. And that's what Rogers wants. Rogers doesn't care what your route is. Your route may say, Hey, you need to go up out and then break back in, but I need you to find the open space. And right there, that's what Rogers is doing. Rogers is throwing to the open spot. And so there have been issues with these rookie Rogers or with just the receivers in general, guys are not in the right spot. Guys are slightly off. Rogers throws have been slightly off. Like, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen him like miss on throws many times. Like, Romeo Dobbs had one in, I think it was like the first quarter. It was like on third down, Rodgers threw the ball at his shoelaces. And then people are going to sit here and say, oh, that's a drop by Dobbs. He's got to get that. It's like, it's on his shoes, man. If Rodgers just hits him in the numbers where he's wide open and he's got room to make, he that's a catch. Going back to that one that you mentioned, I think that's just one of the circumstances where like neither of them are in the wrong at that point. Like it was a busted coverage. Rodgers threw it to the open spot. Thinking maybe Dobbs would go there. Dobbs is a rookie. He's gonna run his he's running his route because you don't want to get benched for running the wrong route. So he, of course he's gonna run his route. So that's one of those things that where it's just you you can't blame everything on the rookie not connection, but that's just a circumstance where he doesn't have the experience enough to know you see the blown coverage, don't worry about your route, just go there. And Rogers just try to throw it anyways. But so what are the odds that Green Bay does this thing tomorrow where like they actually show up for three quarters and they give you this feeling that they're gonna they're gonna pull it out and only to like absolutely fall apart in the fourth quarter? Like you guys see that happening at all? I could see I mean that would require them putting together almost a complete game in order to do so, which they haven't done. But I think, yeah, I think our I, I do think our defense is going to do well. Like I think they, I don't want to say match up, but like we have we have a talented going secondary. to do well, or do you think they can do well? I think, I think this defense can be good. Yeah, so I, I guess I could I should say it that way. Like if the defense comes out and holds them kind of like the Chiefs did to like twenty four points, I would not be surprised. But the thing is, with our offense functioning right now, I don't see us scoring more than. 
I want to be nice and say 13, but in my head, I'm like, I don't see us scoring more than 10. And that's even a stretch, but like our, like this could be a game where our defense like shows their potential, but like it just keeps flying back on the offense and who knows Rogers again might show why he's the highest paid. You kind of always have that hope because he is, he is back-to-back MVP. He's still like that throw he made a couple weeks ago. I think it was against the jets where like it had to be the a perfect place for Lazard. Like that gives you yeah. that like spark of hope where it's like, okay, he's st- like, he still has it. It's just like you were just saying, it's not a, it's not consistent yet. So it, it just sucks because the slate of games we already went through was that time where they were supposed to be getting that and beating these teams. And we haven't had that. And now comes a tougher part of the schedule, but I don't know. I, the bias part in me always wants, there's always going to be that little part of hope. That's like, I oh, know we can do it, but. I know it's just hundred percent bias and I don't really have faith in that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, gentlemen, is there anything else that you guys want to hit on with this game before we wrap up? Cause I mean, I'm at the point where it's just like, man, it's, I got an eight week old at home and there's a possibility. I turn the game off at halftime and go to bed. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, that's just where I'm at right now. It's uh, it, you know, and and again, I will admit, like this whole conversation comes from just like being absolutely spoiled, because like three and four, like th- there are teams that are sitting at three and four every year, and like they're just like, yeah, this is what it is for for our team, like you know, like the Bears, they're just like, yeah, we're three and four, yeah, and we're gonna like lose like eight more games, you know, that's just that's just the Bears season every year. Um, so I get that, but yeah, I, I just, let's, let's go to predictions real quick. Gage, what is, what is your, what is your prediction for this game? You know, I don't know, because on the one hand, I, I want to be the optimistic Packer fan. It's way more fun. It's way more fun to live in that world, but I have been beaten down seven weeks by this team giving me absolutely zero reason to be that fan. Like even in the game against the bears where they won by 17 and I called the score exactly for what it's worth. I'd wish I'd bet on it to be honest, but that game wasn't as it was closer than the score indicated. Like the bears got stopped on fourth down on a play that they, they might've scored, but yeah. Other than that, it's like been just if they do win, it's been just pulling teeth to get the job done. Like or they just get are just getting blasted or just losing in tough ways. Like they barely beat a bat a third string quarterback by for the Patriots. They lost to the Giants. They lost to the Jets. I think that this Buffalo team is on a mission to do some special stuff this year. I think, like, if you asked, like, they would be my pick to win the Super Bowl right now. They are, they, they look like the best team in football. I understand the Eagles are undefeated. Those are the best team in football right now. Yeah. And I think that the Green Bay defense can stop them a little bit. I don't think they can hold them, though. I think Buffalo wins 27, Green Bay 13. I'll be a little, I'll be the optimistic Jimmy from five minutes ago. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I'll just jump in with mine then. I I should say this. 
I do I do think the Packers eventually the offense is going to start clicking nowhere near last year, but to be be a functional offense to complement a defense that does put three quarters together and then struggle in the fourth after they're on the field for most of the game, just like we saw last week with like them winning the time of possession by like 14 minutes or something crazy like that. I do think our offense is going to step it up eventually. I just don't think it's this week for every single reason Gage said. The Bills, Bills team is the best in the NFL. They're on a mission for the Super Bowl this year. Like they, it's in my opinion, it's theirs to lose at this point. Their their team's that talented. Um, I think it's going to be our our defense might start out strong, get tired out from being on the field so damn much. I think Bills thirty one, Packers. I'm going to be more optimistic than Gage just so I can rub it in. Give them sixteen. Damn you. Damn you. <laughs> they get three field goals in your world? Three, three field goals. No. <laughs> Damn we're you. Gonna, we're going to say no more Mason Crosby. Two touchdowns, two-point conversions. Okay, I was going to say, I was, like, that, I was like, honestly, three field goals might be optimistic. That implies yeah, the team got in scoring range four times. <laughs> Jeez. We're going to have so many people after this comment on their podcast platforms. Like, these guys are so negative. Well, but Give, you, am I wrong? Are we no. wrong? Yeah, no, we're, are, at this point, we we're not. You're not I, you know, not. I, you know, gentlemen, I was thinking. I mean, I'm I'm totally with you guys. The Bills are winning this game. Uh, I was going to go Bills thirty eight, Packers ten, but the more the <laughs> the more I think about it, the Steelers beat them. Th- there's um, I don't know if you guys remember this. I think it was two thousand and twelve or two thousand and fourteen. The Packers played the Giants in New York on Sunday night football, much to this. And the Packers, um, I remember very vividly on their opening drive, uh, Aaron Rodgers threw a long touchdown pass to Jordy Nelson, and they scored the first points of the game, went up 7-0, and then proceeded to lose the game 45-7. to Oh, geez, Nick. <laughs> No, you were actually really close. Green Bay, 38 to 10. Was that the final score of that game? 38 to 10. Jordy Nelson caught a 61-yard touchdown uh, 10 minutes or five minutes into the game. uh, And then they proceeded to score three points over the remainder of the game. Okay, well, then I'm going with 38 to 10 because this feels like that's what this game is, is is they'll do something great to start the game to give you hope. And then you're going to watch three and a half quarters of just excruciating football. So 38 to 10, my final score. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't think it's going to be fun for Green Bay. I think it's going to be worth, a lot of if you're listening. That's plus 11,000 on FanDuel right now. All right. Shut it, Nick. You got a kid. You got to make money. Bet it. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Hmm. Put a grand on it. I think I have better things to spend my money <laughs> on. I really, and this is a classic, like, I hope I'm wrong, but I pray to God that we just look like absolute dumb idiots and somehow the Packers win. Yeah. But That'd be I, great. That, like, I, I, just, that's the one thing I, I, I hope that we can all convey to everybody listening as negative as we're being like we don't want to be this way like we totally want to be wrong like this is it's just like it feels like it, it, the reality 
Like, like we're being realistic based on what we've seen from this team for the last three weeks. It's not just been the last three weeks, though. It's been pretty much All the season. whole year. Well, like, yes, even... but I, I'm more specifically referring to the losing streak. I mean, yeah. they haven't looked good all year, but I mean, it, it admittedly they've looked their worst probably in the last three weeks. Fair. Also, there was so back to one thing you said at the very beginning of the show. You said, like, even if Green Bay loses, but they cover the spread, is anybody going to wake up on Monday and be happy? I just thought of it now. I mean, it's taken thirty about thirty-one minutes here to kind of formulate this idea. If Green Bay lost 31 to 30, like they were leading 30 to 28, Aaron Rodgers has looked good all game. He's had like 350, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones has looked really good. Like the defense has given up 28 points, but they, the defense has looked good for the most part. And then they just lose on a late Buffalo field goal. Oh, I'm yeah. thrilled. I'd feel good. Yeah. Like even like if Green Bay just looks competent for a game, for a full yeah. game, and they but they still lose, I would act. I, I would say, yep, I would wake up on Monday and be and feel like happy. I'd be like, hey, there's still there's still something there because yeah. right now the team just looks dead. But like if I saw some life for four quarters and not just like I don't want just fourth quarter life. I don't just want oh defense is sitting back. We're gonna we're gonna make something happen. We're gonna score a late drive because they just didn't care. But yeah. like if they like if they played a tough game and you lost by like three or lost by like six in a tough game, yes, I would feel good, quote unquote, on Monday morning. But yeah. if they get like if they just look like they've looked for three weeks, no, I'm not going to feel good. But if they look good and and lose, you can look good and lose to the team that I think should win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. No, that's a really good point too. And Packers have been known for the good and the bad of playing to their competition level. So like maybe this is the one that you hate to say, this is the one they're circled on their calendars. They're all you got to get up for it. last week. You know what? Last week was a look ahead spot. Green Bay was looking ahead on the calendar. Rogers is like, I got to save my arm for the Buffalo game. That's what it was this whole time. His dumbass wasn't been thinking that for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big friend. There we go. We got it figured out now. It's Green Bay, four money four, line. baby. Green Bay so, money line for sure. His so, thumbs healed. So I, today. So, Real quick, I'm just curious to see if you guys know this or if you saw this. So this is only the fourth time since 1994 that the Packers have been a double-digit underdog. Do you, Jimmy, do you happen to know, Gage, do you happen to know the other three times the Packers have been a double-digit underdog? They were all with five, weren't they? No. Oh, this has been a lot. Oh, was it with probably – there, you gotta imagine, like you got to remember, like the times when they were like complete garbage in like the what was it, the eighties? No, no, no. no. Well, he said since since ninety four. Oh, since ninety four. Yeah. So this is only the fourth time since nineteen ninety four that they've been a double digit underdog. So there was the Hundley game. So, so there were there, there were two when I when I saw it. There were two that were pretty obvious to me, and there was one that I didn't even know. So the Brett Hundley game versus the Steelers. Yep, that's one of them. Um. Then there was a. Uh, there was a Matt, was there a Matt Flynn game in there? Uh, yep. yep against the Patriots the year they won the yep. Super Bowl. Okay. Yep. And then the other one was, where's the, they were playing in LA. They were playing the Rams. Nope. No, that was seven and a half point. Nope. The, I don't the, know. The other one is in, I think it was 2006. They played the Eagles on Monday night football and they were, they were a double digit underdog. Then that was the only one with Favre. 
They lost that game, I think. Uh, I think they lost 31 to 10 or something like that. Said 2006 Packers Eagles. Yeah, 31 like, to 9 was that game. 31 uh, to 9. I, I, apparently, they don't have box score. So, right. sure. So, based on that, though, the, the other two games, the, the non Favre game, I mean, they, they almost won both of those games. So, maybe we'll get another one of those and almost win. Which hey, which is the first one with Rodgers, so this could be the secret recipe. And, and and just so you guys know how they score almost wins, the Packers will be three and five if they almost win. Thanks, you just had to you just had to rub that in, didn't you, Nick? See, you know, me and Jamie were trying to have a little bit of positivity to end this, and then you're like, hey, if they lose, they still lost. Final last question while we're all negative and we can look back on this and laugh or either be right. Packers end the season. What's the record? I, I actually was kind of looking at this earlier. Um, I I got them at seven and ten. I have them as the optimistic Packer fan at nine and eight. Yeah, I was gonna go nine and eight because I think that there are some wins on there. I don't want to get into it today because this episode already ran kind of long, but I think that there are some winnable games in the back half of the schedule. I mean, they haven't played Detroit yet. They still have to play Minnesota at home. They get to play Chicago again, which you know Chicago could be a juggernaut by the time Green Bay runs into them. Um. I think that there are some winnable games down the stretch of the schedule, but it's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I'm going to go well, cry. Well, well, so first of all, if you've made it this far into the episode, thank you. Like truly thank you. Like, yeah. Like we, we apologize. Thank you for listening. Cause, ah. Oh. Yeah, it, it's just, it's painful. So uh, let's wrap up real quick, guys, and get people on with their regularly scheduled programming lives. Uh, Jimmy, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that? Follow me on Twitter at Jimmy, at Jimmy underscore C08. <laughs> you can hear more things like that. Um, I just got back from vacation. I got too much stuff around me. Uh, anyways, Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, I promise I we're not I won't be this negative if you guys decide to tune in. We got some good guests coming up. Uh we just had Shanna Quinn on. We have Dusty Evely coming up, uh Schneiden on a couple weeks ago. So tune in, listen to smarter people than us talk about football. Jimmy, the height of professionalism there. Uh Gage <laughs> Gage, if people want to get in touch with you, follow your work. How do they do that? As always, you can find me on Twitter at Gbridge for the NFL. Send all of your hate mail to at Jimmy underscore Christensen. Um but all of my links to all of my stuff with uh, Rotoballer, still doing betting content with them, as well as some pass rush quarterback stuff on Fridays, uh, Denver Nuggets coverage uh, for Denver Stiffs, uh, as well as the Belief in Nuggets podcast. I don't really, that doesn't have its own Twitter account. So just the links to that get tweeted out by myself. Um, all of my links to all of my work are over there. Uh, I'm generally in the middle of a game. My mood accurately reflects the rest of Packer fans. So if you're just like, huh, I wonder what, how Packers Twitter is doing, I'm probably like, I'm a pretty good barometer. If, because if I'm molding, we're all molding. And if I'm happy, most of us are happy. There's still probably people that are upset, but there you go. There's always that one. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. So, uh, you know, this. Um... This episode today has been actually very similar to the Packers. There just seems to be no direction, and it doesn't really seem to be working that well. So um, with that, thank you so much. (laughs) With that being said, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. 
try to stomach through the whole thing if you can. Maybe the Packers will eke out a victory. Who knows? But thank you again for listening, everybody. And as always, go Pack Go!